Blog Talk Radio. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come Here we go, D49. This is the third part of a three-part interview with Donna Hare, UFO experiencer. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. Today is no exceptions as she answers 10 questions. And uh, really, again, uh, I can relate to her stories more than I'll even say here. But the fact of the matter is, um, at the end of our interview, she uh, she was very uh, modest and very sincere. She said, thank you for not making fun of me. And I say, as, as insane and, and crazy as her claims sound to be, I've seen no reason to doubt her. So uh, we'll see what happens with that, uh, with her stories. And hopefully someday we do get full disclosure. We'll find out what's really going on. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, it's a full show, full hour uh, today. So stay tuned for the end of the interview for a special preview of next Thursday's show and tomorrow's extra edition uh, covering Scientology, what I'll be talking about tomorrow. Here we go with Donna Hare, part three. And I realized at that point, even though they didn't threaten to kill me or anything, that basically they didn't like me talking about it, you know. And during the t- conversation with them, I swear to God, this happened. This was weird. I was talking to him, and uh, my husband had some kind of tool, and he was taking off some bolt of the engine out in the garage, and he went, you know, real loud sound. And I said, oh, that's my husband. He's out there building a UFO. They both got up like they were going to run out to the garage (laughs) at the same time. And I looked at him like, guys, I'm just kidding. He's not building a UFO. What? Is that easy to build one of these suckers? Uh, right. <laughs> so my husband's out there building one. <laughs> Me and my humor. I guess it's like saying bomb in an airplane. Like, you, can't, you can't do it. <laughs> you say UFO about these guys, you know. That's kind of freaky. Yeah. It is freaky. And they were serious. And then the, one of them told me about how they were, now get this, one of them told me how, oh, I was going to question them. If they're the spooks, I want to get some information. If they're the X-File guys, I mm-hmm. want to know about what's going on here. Yep. So instead of them questioning me or telling me whatever, I, I said, you know, they started telling me about this incident where these two cars were coming head on with each other, and one of them turned green and went through the other one. Now, what I'd like to know is how they were situated where they could see this. <laughs> Why were they there ahead of time to be able to witness that? Was this to kill somebody in another car and the car turned green and went through it? They told me this. And I'm just looking at them like, what in the world? Why would he tell you that? You know? Yeah. These guys were spooks. Trust me, they were spooks. Definitely spooks. And uh, so anyway, oh, I got to be followed a lot after that. I'd be in a store and I'd hear this cameras, camera taking a picture of me. So I called them, and I said, look, if y'all want a picture of me, I'll come in. I'll take pictures of whatever, you know, profile. I don't care, you know. <laughs> you start posing. <laughs> you know yeah, you know, like, duh, duh. You know what he told me? Wait, wait, tell you. We want to get you in your natural habitat. Your natural <laughs> They're habitat. studying you. Oh, my natural habitat. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. <laughs> yeah. 
That's natural habitat. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, it was, it's so ridiculous. Natural it's habitat. It's funny. It was like, okay. So they weren't even trying to hide it. They wanted you to see that they were taking pictures of you and following you. Oh, yeah, and I had, uh, at one time, well, I knew my phone was tapped, but I did know people. I knew some people that were really into secret crud, and I was very careful not to question them about their work, and I was very careful not to do anything like that. And uh, so this was back oh, a long time ago. I uh, I was talking to my mother one day, and she had said something. She was a coin, coin collector, and she said the word gold, and I heard heard the phone click. And I'd already had an FBI agent. I was taking a law course talking about how our phones were tapped then computers take over if you mention words like gold or certain words bomb or anything to do with the president or anything it clicks on it and records what you're saying well I heard a click and uh, my mother had said the word gold and I said oh mom I said don't worry I said you know um, because my mom knew her phone was tapped my mother knew I didn't tell her all this. See, I didn't tell my family any of this. And she says, uh, she says, oh, yeah. She says, my phone's tapped. I can hear it click every so often. And, and I said, really? And I'm trying to play it down so she didn't get worried. You know? Right. What are you into? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I pretended like I was dumb on it. And I said, um, I said, oh, Mom, don't worry about that. That's not, that's not possible. She says, Donna. They can do anything they want. And about that time, we got disconnected. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I called her back. I said, I said, well, I guess you're right. They can. <laughs> so it wasn't too long after that. I uh, picked up my phone in my kitchen, and I hear two agents talking. And they were at, uh, oh, what was that place where the president hangs out? Um I think I Fort something. Camp David. Camp oh, Camp David. David. Camp David, yes. Camp David. Yeah, and I was listening to their conversation. It was three-way. I was hearing it all. Like I was like a cross line? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they were connected to my line, but, 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 and I told them, I said, look, guys, let me, let me explain something to you. Um, you may be able to hear my conversation, but I can hear yours too. You might want to get this fixed. <laughs> Dead silence. Oh man! Within 15 minutes, there was a man on my phone line outside. <laughs> oh wow! And let me explain why this was so unusual. Back then, if you ordered a phone or any repair work, it took them two to three weeks to get to you. <laughs> the whole thing's unusual. You had a, I'm serious. It was terrible. This guy up there, I went up there and looked up at him, and if looks could have killed, I'd have been dead meat. <laughs> I just looked at him fixing the company. So well, it wasn't. So I got I got to be followed a lot. I got all kinds of stuff, you know. So so one day I I'm sorry. Go ahead. Somebody following me, so I went behind them. I drove around the corner and I got behind them and took their license number and then drove up into my driveway, and I called the police department. And I said this, and they were parked out front of my house. And uh, I gave the police my number, the number I'd gotten. He said, hey, that's a government car. I said, oh, really? What government? <laughs> Which government? Good and, question. Uh, yeah. And she said, uh, 
so, and I, a friend of mine had always told me, if you start taking their picture, they leave. So I stepped out with a camera. It was empty. I just started taking pictures of the car, and he took off. So Wow. You know, that's how you get rid of spooks. You take the picture. You know. Were you never afraid for your life? Because watching uh, Stephen Greer's serious movie, it sounds like just about everyone he ever associated with that was a big-time revealer or truther was disappeared mm-hmm. or, or passed away uh, unceremoniously or early in life. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I guess this is where... This is where... Um, there's a twofold thing to this. First of all, the things that have happened to me, I have been protected from, okay, by some unseen force. I have abilities that I think they wanted to see if I was some kind of spy or if what information I'm giving out or if I'm looking to find out... I mean, I would accidentally... In fact, I told them on the phone once when they were recording. You know, they were tapping my phone. I said, look, <laughs> guys, the problem is not me, apparently in housewife, that stays in the house all the time. And I'm finding out information that's top secret without even trying. Right. <laughs> the problem doesn't lie with me. It lies with you, not me. I'm not the one giving it out to the world. Some of the secrets I am, but... The other secrets I'm not. The really good ones I'm not giving out. Right. So, um, you know, the problem is not me, but you. And then I said, uh, but it, oh, my 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 sister and I, when she was alive, we were planning to go to Washington D.C. and I was going to visit some friends of mine in Virginia. And uh, so I heard my sister. I was going to give her the flight number so she could get her tickets on the same flight with me. And uh, so uh, she said, just a minute. So I waited, and I waited, and I was waiting for her to get her pencil and paper. She says, are you back now? I said, yes. She says, you said just a minute. I said, I didn't say just a minute. <laughs> so it was somebody else listening on the line and said, just a minute. They were going to write down the flight number and everything. And so it was so funny because I said, are we all have our pencil ready now? <laughs> I gave up the flight number and everything. <laughs> oh, I said, by the way, when you get on the flight with me, I was talking to the whoever's listening, I said, offer me a drink. <laughs> Buy me a drink. And I swear to God, a total stranger offered me a drink. That's hilarious. And I just looked at him like, oh, God. So I guess they wanted me to know it. But that's okay. I'm not going to do anything harmful, you know. But um, I don't know. I just... Uh, there, there's a twofold thing to this. I should have been scared, probably. <laughs> and, and you're right. I knew about all these other people. But at the same time, I'm just a little old everyday tech that just a woman that, oh, who's going to believe me? That was my strength and not my weakness. It was also my protection. I had no proof of what I was saying. You see? So... Now, if I'd have had the pictures I have now and all the stuff I have now, I might have been a real threat. But I wasn't a threat to them because it was just my word. And I'm an everyday type person. Is there, is there value in being public? Does that help you? Does it help you to be more public? Yes, because uh, 
Yes, because I feel if I would have had a position of high authority, let's say I was a big administrator at NASA or I was the, I'd probably be dead. Mm. dead. So it kind of protected me in a way of not having the credentials that these people that are being knocked off have, that they seem to have, the public seems to value their word more than someone like themselves, which right. is kind of ironic because people like ourselves, there's more of us than there are of them. It's true. You know, that are really wanting to know information. So while it may be a drawback and it protected me at some point, or most of the point, uh, I think, believe it, I have, I feel very certain there's been more than one attempt on me. Wow. One. And each time, it's been taken care of by something. I'm not somebody up there with more credentials than anybody. Looking here out, is taking care of me. So I'm I'm not going to do anything foolish, like you know, do anything scary or dangerous. But at the same time, um, right now, I'm just going to uh, continue to do what I'm doing. Get it out there. Get the word out there. Absolutely. From what people are telling me, what people are telling me now that are saying that now they want the information out. They want there is a there is a whole sector of people wanting to know on the inside the information. Yeah. Yes, that are on the inside and they want it out. So, you know, it's a good time for it to come out now, and uh, I, that's. And probably I should have been more afraid than I was. But, you know, I was so involved in doing my work at NASA. Believe me, it was all-consuming when I was there. It was what I thought about day and night. I mean, it was something that I I was just uh, avid about. I just couldn't do anything else. So uh, this other about the UFO stuff was secondary. I mean, it was just part of my life that's in there, you know, around me, but it wasn't all-consuming like my work was, my job. So uh, I was real focused on that at the time. So it wasn't until after 2001 that I became more focused in the disclosure of the information because I realized not only me, but a lot of people have seen things, have experienced things, and they're not getting the truth from our government. And certainly not from the news. So, yeah, you had an experience. My, my testimony is really for those people that have had experiences they can't explain, and or that they're looking to understand, or they want to experience, and that's fine. The only way a person will believe anything I'm telling them is when they've experienced something like it. And then they'll yep. understand. And that's really who I really want. I, 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 for a long time, I did feel alone, a lot alone about things until I started talking to other people. And that's what it is for me, too. Exactly. You know, when you say... Yeah, I totally believe your experience. When people say, like, uh, people say, like, well, why do you care? What if it is true? So what? So it's there. It's always yeah. been there. Why do you care now? I'm like, well, because of... The the very disposition you're showing me right now, not you personally, I mean the person saying that is this do you you've had this judgment of me and everyone that ever hears my story will. 
until they know that it's a realistic possibility that I'm telling the truth. And there's a lot of people going through that in, in different degrees, like worse degrees than mine. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. In fact, uh, pretty soon what I'm seeing now is the paradigm change is going to where more and more people are going to have experiences can't be lied to anymore. And yeah. they are going, okay. And, and what our shadow government doesn't understand is, and what the news media haven't understood is, once people learn the truth, no amount of brainwashing is going to change it. No amount of making fun of somebody for knowing about it is going to matter. And I think it's phenomenal that that more and more people are starting to recognize that the media is not giving us the facts. I mean, they give us partial facts and then editorialize it. Yeah. So, and like I think I said already... When I was a little girl, we had to hear real journalists talking <laughs> real journalism, real, you know, when it happened, what happened, video of it, pictures of it, war correspondence, uh, all kinds of facts. And then at the very end of the news, they'd say, this is the editorials. And then they'd tell what they thought about what the news was about. But they just, they just separated it from the news facts and from the editorial, now it's all editorialized. Every every news story is editorialized. I've seen so many that are cleaned after the fact. I like to watch, I like to listen to the news live, news live, and then you see it the next day how cleaned it is. Oh, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable how it's clean. So um, it's 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 a discerning thing. It's, it's something that once people experience something, no amount of, oh, you're funny, you're not believed. In fact, it gives me a sense of, of really pride and feeling special that I've been able to find things like this or experience things like this because uh, how many people in this world are blind right now? And right. it's not due to the fact they're stupid, that's for sure. They're just not being made aware of what's going on you know, what's really going on. Yeah, you, you mentioned earlier about some people not being open enough to see it. Like, they're, they're so denial that two people could be looking at the same thing in the sky and one not see it and one see it. I, I've always had the theory that, you know, there's more going on than we see because we're watching the road when we're driving because we're looking where we're walking when we're walking. We're not that interested right. in what's above our heads. So we would see more if we were looking for it. I mean, obviously, there's that there's that... that you know, you hear people talk about psychologically, if you're looking for something, you'll find it, whether it's really there or not. But to a degree, if it's really there, if you're looking for it, you know, there's any way you're going to see it. Well, I, I have, i tell you what gives me great pleasure and great happiness is I've had someone very close to me totally make fun of me for all of this. I mean, totally rag on me. And <laughs> make fun, and I just say, okay, you know, you don't have to believe me, that's fine. Well, this same person called me one day out of clear blue, and I hadn't talked to him in a little while. Panic stricken. We'd seen a UFO in the sky right <laughs> over their head, and they were freaking out. And I'm going, I believe you. You know, I was very right. calm. <laughs> Been there, done that. You know, know what you're going through, sure thing. And because I was so calm, 
and saying, yes, I believe you. He said, no, 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 I really did. I really, he, all his uh, friends were making fun of him now, like he had done to me. And he wanted, he knew I was the only one he could call that would believe him. Yep. Which gave me great pride and happiness that I could help him. But I said, yes, I believe you. Trust me, I do believe you saw what you saw in the sky. He was going to Laredo. And it was during that big flap in Mexico that was never told about here in the United States on the news. But anyway, uh, he was just freaking out. And, and I'm going, okay, here's a person that will never make fun of another person. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's taboo because no one talks about it. No one talks about it because it's taboo. I mean, really. Right. And I brought that up in, in one of the congressional things. I was, I was beginning to think the UFO subject was like sex. Nobody brought it up in mixed company <laughs> because it was so taboo. You know, it's like, oh, my God. But uh, to me now, to know in the things I've seen and the things I've experienced and the witnesses I've met, uh to me, it's no big scary thing. It's uh, it's like, okay, you'd have to be a moron not to think there's older civilizations in the, our universe that has learned technology to travel here. You'd have to be a moron not to believe that. I mean, think about it. The trillions and trillions of galaxies and the millions and billions uncountable amounts of stars that we have possible life forms around. Well, the it's, it's big. You know, it, it would be it's it's phenomenal not to believe there's somebody coming here. I believe the equation is wrong too. Uh, forget the name of the equation. The equation that says like so many planets have potential for life because they're so far away from the sun or close to the sun, they're right distance. There's the right atmosphere, right moons. The thing about that is is that uh, fish can breathe underwater and we can't. So I believe that gives the potential for life to be on any planet because we don't know what environments different beings would be able to live, to live on. We just don't know. Right. Right. And there could be very much so different um, life forms. I mean, there could be all of these life forms that are talked about, um, reptilian or whatever. That, you know, there's there's definitely... You know, for my of those guys, they said that there's all kinds, different kinds. And I believe Mr. Stone had talked about that as one of the witnesses. They, our government has cataloged hundreds of them, different kinds coming here. So it's like uh, if, if the Big Bang Theory and we're all, all the galaxies and everything's moving away from the original bang or whatever, <laughs> if that's even true, then... Surely, our little planet may be uh, in a time zone in this extension of the bang that's just learning the technology to travel in space. We've got rockets now, supposedly just rockets, but uh, who's to say the planets further out that have experienced more time have not developed the technology to travel in space easily? Or time travel, or whatever, you know. Right. It's like. No, it's, that's it's, a very valid point. You know, who's to say that? I mean, and also another thing I have that I, my own personal opinion, and it's opinion, is that if a person or a planet or people had traveled here, it 
they have learned how to survive with the technology they've developed. Now, our Earth, our primitive, I believe our primitive life here, I hate to say that because I'm part of this, <laughs> we're primitive. We are primitive probably in comparison to other life on other planets. I imagine. Because we automatically assume that a highly technologically people coming here are going to take us over. Well, this is our Earth's history that one society has taken over another weaker society yep. or a less calm society. So we apply that to the beings coming here. When What the thought is, we're judging them by our standards, by our primitive standards. Who's to say? Yeah. And who's to say that these beings coming here finally learned how to get along? They didn't kill each other with their technology. And that's probably what happens. That if a, if a society is learning you know, on the cusp of learning technology to travel in space, hey, they have the technology to destroy themselves. Yep. I'm afraid that's where we're at right now. It, it is right there. I don't. It is a concern for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you. Um, I really want to ask you this because you, we talked earlier. Both of us mentioned how, you know, with our experiences, how can we doubt someone else's experiences? Um, but there is a fine line between open minds and and being naive. Um, I want to give you a few examples. I just want to know what you believe and what you don't believe. You know, we can't spend a lot of time on it, but just something to run through real quick that I've been thinking of. Uh, what do you think of Roswell? I believe that was uh, a real event that happened. I think it was the event. I don't think that craft is there anymore, but <laughs> no. not in Roswell, of course. Yeah, no, they moved around. Happened. You don't make your first report trying to cover something up, something you would cover up. <laughs> it's a UFO. Well, you know. <laughs> well, my mom said that when... Uh, when they released the news, it was on the teletype across the United States that mm-hmm. UFO crashed in Roswell. She remembers hearing that. Yeah, um, it was the initial report. It's on the paper. You can still find the paper yeah. article, uh, the newspaper picture. Um, well, but I believe it actually happened, and I also believe that uh, it was transported out of here real quick. And uh, I've, uh, I know that there's been more than one of them. I know, I believe very wholeheartedly that we've shot them down. We have some technology to mess up their their stuff hmm. and crash them. I believe we've had others that have crashed. I believe that we've tried to, and probably been successful in back engineering some of them. Not only that, I, I met a Mr. David Adair. He was one of the witnesses. Mm-hmm. You know about him? I've heard the name. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a, he's a child prodigy. I think they were going to do a movie about him. He set off a rocket backyard. He was was kind of kidnapped by the army. And anyway, we had dinner together and he's quite a phenomenal man. He is totally phenomenal. If you get a chance, go and listen to him, uh, David Adair, on YouTube or whatever, you know, look him up. He is very phenomenal, man. And, and um, tell him I said hi. <laughs> I'll definitely look him up. Yeah, we got a little secret going on that uh, we ate dinner together. Just tell him to be a good boy. <laughs> okay. Donna said, "Be a good guy. Don't do any mind stuff on anybody." <laughs> 
but he is a very, let's say, knowledgeable person, and he 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 went into the areas where they had one of the crashed craft. And uh, what was so weird, we had quite a few witnesses, not just the 20 that we were shown in the, you know, the talk thing, but I got to meet a lot of the other witnesses. We sat in this huge circle in a room, they filmed it, and what was so phenomenal for me is to watch the people. Each person would draw, that had seen this crash craft uh, that was locked up, now, David Adair has a photographic memory, so he remembers symbols and things. He could draw them really good. Wow. Well, some of the other people started drawing symbols that were on the craft, too, that these witnesses in this room had never met with each other. We, it was the first time we were all together. And some of the witnesses that had seen this, this crash craft had drawn some of the symbols they'd seen, and David Adair drew some of the symbols he'd seen, and they all matched. They were all matching. Oh, oh, wow. So these are people that came together that had never been together. And on their own. Uh, wow. Experiences. And I was sitting there witnessing this, and I'm going, this is tough. I mean, when you sat around with people that that are these awesome of witnesses, and you see what they're doing, and they're finding it out with each other in real time, you know, it's it's. Just, I felt privileged. That's a big moment. Yeah. There. Oh, it was a big moment for me. I have to tell you that it was unbelievably wonderful for me. I I loved it, and uh, so just just know that uh, if you ever get a chance, get David there on your program. Tell him Donna sent you. <laughs> All right, all right. Do you believe there was a meeting with? Well, use my last name. You may have forgotten. <laughs> I, dear, I'm going to go looking for that guy. Um, definitely, okay. definitely. Um, no, because it sounds like he's got something to tell. It's uh, very unique and and, oh, yeah. and big. And I'll tell him you sent me and you said hi and be good. Um, <laughs> do you think there was a meeting with Eisenhower? Don't pull any mind tricks on anybody. No mind tricks. <laughs> that's that's your inside joke. I gotta remember to bring that up. The yep. mind tricks. Repeat it just like that. Okay. No mind tricks. <laughs> Do you believe aliens met with Eisenhower? This is what I have a lot of yeah, question I about. I tend to I tend to believe that, and it's only because uh, some of the talks that he gave that I've listened to later. Uh-huh. I tend to believe that he did do that. Uh, Yes, I, I do. I tend to believe that information is accurate. Do you believe in the Gulf Breeze sightings? Are you aware of the Gulf Breeze sightings? Yes, I am aware of that. Mm-hmm. Do you do you believe that it was real? There was there was some debunking to it. I'm not sure how legit it was. Well, if you'll remember, during that time there was some other things going on in Europe, and I believe that was a story that was. Uh, I think that. There was sightings of the Gulf Breeze of craft, for sure. But at the same time, you've got to realize that when one story is happening, another one will, another story they wanted to keep quiet, will sneak will, out. Will be overlap. They'll mm-hmm. overlap it. If they don't report it, or they do report it in a way that's cleaned, or they don't report it, they'll also hide a story by putting another one on top of it. Now, as far as Gulf Breeze, I think that possibly there were sightings out there. 
for sure. I'm trying to remember yeah. the names of the authors. There was a book called The Golf Breeze Sightings about a particular family that had some encounters, supposedly. Now, I don't know all of the facts pertaining to it and the witnesses. I'll give you that. But I feel that there is a distinct possibility in reality to seeing something there. In the, in the, uh, Regardless of this, this individual account, you would say that there was a flap, something happened, but uh, you can't speak to the what you think of the story because you're not, you're not aware of it directly. Gotcha. Right. Um, all the details surrounding it. What about Bentwaters? I believe there might have been one there. Oh, I'll go back to the, the right referees. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Why I think there might be is because of the Bermuda peanut. <laughs> Plus, I think those are doorways to come here. It seems that way. Different openings or, or uh, you know, areas. But there's also something I investigated years ago. I went to the Coral Castle down in Florida. I want to go there. And I don't know if you've Yeah, it's really cool. By the way, when you step inside, none of my film would take of the, of the castle inside. There was an energy going on. In, at, I don't know if it happens all the time, but yeah. it totally burnt my film. But uh, It's driving totally distance. Really I should go. <laughs> Do I? It's driving distance. I need to go. You have to go? Uh, no, it's driving distance. I should go. I should really go to the Coral Castle. Oh, oh I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was, the guy, he had a way of doing things, uh, carving and lifting the blocks, and it was just him and a chain and some kind of other thing. But I also noticed that all of the, Information related to that whole way he was doing things was picked up and hidden, was gotten, uh, stolen, or just disappeared, sort of like, uh, what's his name, you know, the guy that did the cage, what's his name, uh, oh, my mind. Houdini? I'm forgetting. <laughs> no, not Houdini. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, uh, everybody wants to investigate his work. Well, I'll think of it. I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. But anyway, I think that I think that this guy was uh, onto some information that would have been. But he never shared it. That, yeah, no, he didn't. But I think that he was onto something that uh, was snapped up real quick. Like all of the people that invent the free energy things, they get get knocked off and stolen. They can't. They can't copyright anything. They can't. I've heard about that. You know, yeah. And Dr. Greer has even tried to buy some some estates it, of it, people that have had it, and they can't get it. He's always outbid. It even happened with uh, the electric car. The what? The electric car. The guy that patented the battery for the car. He, he shut him down, I think. The original. I heard anything about that? That was uh, if you ever oh, see you. the uh, Who Killed the Electric Car. That documentary? I have not seen that, no. Yeah, it's an interesting documentary, but basically the government, you know, they, they wanted to sell the gas, I think, and so they uh, oh, they, yeah. they killed the whole the whole concept, wouldn't let the guy run with his patent, I don't think. Uh, I, I may be speaking out of turn on that, but that's my understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have invented things. There's, there's people that are not even degreed that have are working on stuff, and... My advice to them is keep it secret and release it to the public 
It's the only way you're going to get it out there because the minute you try to patent it, it's when they're going to get it from you. And, and what do you think of REF Bentwaters? Are you familiar with the Bentwater sightings, the one with John Burroughs and Colonel Halt? Have you heard those stories? Uh, John Burroughs and uh, Colonel Halt, James Peniston, about uh, the RAF Bentwaters, the UK US base. Uh, yes, I've heard of that. He was one of the witnesses. I imagine. Yeah, I think he was. Not, not those two. Yeah. Somebody from yeah, that was there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm hearing feedback. I'm sorry. No, it's not you. It's probably my phone. You're being tapped. I'm probably listening. <laughs> being listened to right now. <laughs> do you hear it? I do hear like yeah, just like uh, cuts, some kind of like chops. Ladies and gentlemen, listening at home, we are being listened to right now. <laughs> I want to welcome to the show the U.S. government. No. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Maybe you never know. I uh, hear they. They can uh, listen in on every conversation, but they can't build a website for our president. <laughs> All right, so, yeah. so if you get a chance, uh, look look into the the Bentwater sightings. Cause I think that's a smoking gun right there. The, there was a U.S. government document release saying that uh, John Burroughs uh, had a a condition from radiation exposure during a um, an unidentified aerial phenomenon. So they've actually admitted wow. to extent something happened there. Uh, but that's all they've released so far on it. Um, but they had to go to the Supreme Court and everything to get the, that stuff, uh, to get just that little bit disclosed. Um, so that's interesting for you. I think you should look into that. I think with you and, and even with Stephen Greer, I didn't talk about as much of him as I wanted to, as much of him as I wanted to. I've forgotten how to talk today. But uh, <laughs> don't work. Uh, it seems like the overall... <laughs> Overall, whatever you think of Stephen Gerks, there's a lot of questions about him. I think a lot of people have doubts with him, and and you have a bit of a fantastic story. I think whatever people think, the goal at the end of the day seems to be the same for all of you, and that is to to bring free energy, you know, to right. to to better our situation, and and for the American people to have the knowledge they deserve to know. Um, exactly. My question would be, do you think maybe they're holding that because they haven't found a way to harness it safely, or is it greed? Well. No, they're holding it because now this is what I've heard firsthand from somebody that knows. They haven't figured out a way to charge you for it. Uh huh. Well, when they figure out when they figure out how to monetize it, but but the other part of it is they have to admit how they got that information, how they got that technology, and that's another thing that I think they're probably trying to avoid. Well, not necessarily, because one of the witnesses I talked to worked at the Pentagon. And some of the stuff they backed engineer or they got out of the Roswell crash and some of the other crashes was fiber optics. And what what he told me, doc, uh, Dr. Lovell, he told me that when you first held the fiber optics out of the craft, it lit up. But after a while, it dissipated. It didn't light up after you held it. Hmm. There was other things like memory metal. And what he said that exists now. We have that. Huh? We have memory metal now. Yes, because it, <laughs> right, and that's what he said. He said that we, because I was on his case. I said, you need to get this information out there. You worked at the Pentagon. You need to get this technology out. You know, he said we did give a lot of it out. We gave out a piece of the memory metal. Back engineer this. Figure out how to do this. We gave out uh, the fiber optic. We gave out. They gave out a lot of stuff, but you couldn't use it for weaponry. But they gave out a lot of stuff, different things, IBM and a lot of other people. And he said, 
we gave it to them, and they wanted to know where it was from, and I don't think they ever told them where it was from. In other words, just back engineer it. We can't tell you that or whatever. But we, what I'm saying is, some of the technology has been released. And if you look back, when I started at NASA, the, the computers alone, everything was just about on tubes. And then from tubes to processors overnight, if you just look at a bell curve of technology, it went straight up. It didn't go on a curve. If you just look at the history of our technology already, it, you can tell we jumped in technology overnight. Huge jump. By historical senses. This is what's been going on. Now, it's it's been good in a lot of ways. It's why we have a laptop computer that would have normally held up in two buildings at NASA in the beginning. We had huge computers. Right. We had, you know, it, it was just unbelievable the the way that you had to learn how to do a computer back then. No keyboard. You had a Graphicon pen that did two points. <laughs> I had to make my own fonts. I had to size them. I had to create things that now I sit down with my laptop and I can just type it out. I mean, believe me, back then the technology was very limited and it was just very archaic compared to what we even have today. So if you just think of that alone, it's going to let you know we had a kind of a health there in our technology. I think so. I want to point out that since Roswell was reported, these reports go back to the 40s and 50s of this metal that it would crumple up in her hand and it would come back the memory metal. That didn't. That actually became marketed, I think, available and co- at least commonly reported in the media, able to be found on the internet. I think in the early 2000s, late 90s. So, like 50 years later, it exists, but it didn't exist unless you heard reports from the crash site, which is amazing. <laughs> I, I think I right. think it speaks for itself in in some degree. Um, right. Oh yeah. All right. What I well, do? In, in go ahead. Two, I'm sorry. <laughs> and two that the there's so much. Oh, I can hear myself vibrating when you're talking. I'm I'm flashing back on myself here. I, we talked about Roswell again. They probably came back in. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, the the thing of it is that we have released things slowly over time. That let's say uh, looks like we did it. A lot of it we did do, but it was back engineered. And I think that we've got things that are kept secret now. Sure. That are so far back engineered that that it that are so phenomenal. They're too far out to expose it to the public. Planes that go super supersonic or whatever, you know, can travel to Europe in minutes instead of hours. You know, it's just I think we have technology that's kept real secret because it would just be standout-ish from what we have and what what can be a, you know, it would look too advanced. The craft that we've back-engineered, I'm sure, is out there and maybe be mistaken for extraterrestrial when I think so. reality it may be our own. I think sometimes it's right. You know, so, you know, what I'm saying is I think that if you just look at... Now, I'm old enough to remember over 
60, 70 years ago. I mean, I'm old enough to remember how it was. Right. I was. I, I remember how things were and how things were. Oh, someday our television will be in color. You know, <laughs> why not now? You know. Just okay. But you know, it's like the the technology has slowly been going, but then there at about when I was working at NASA, it kind of leaped. It went really fast. You could see it happen, yeah. Yeah, it it happened very fast. And uh, I don't know. I just think that people uh, are enjoying some of the benefits of some of the things. But I personally would like to know, and I'm hoping that I will get to know, more of how did these people survive themselves? (laughs) How did they get along? Right. How did they have government? How did they well not destroy themselves? How were they avoiding bigotry? How were they avoiding all of the things that are problematic in our society? How did they overcome it? It would be wonderful to get a a little bit of preview on on what how to handle our situations. No, I agree. So, uh, it's, it's interesting because what you're saying you know, speaks to a lot more than just UFOs and aliens. It's much deeper than that. Right, more than well. See, our our shadow government or whoever's in charge of this whole stuff is more interested in technology, weaponry. That's their focus. My focus would like, I would like to be. How did you get along? How did you associate with other planets? How? What is your code of ethics? What are you? What are you here for? Why do you even have an interest in us, if at all? Right. Um, you know, more along the lines of. How to get along? How do you grow your food? How do you have supply? How do you do healing, medicine? You know, to me that would be a big focus too. How do you heal people? Do you know how to cure cancer? Can you help? You know, how do you do this? To me, that's my biggest question on on that. And and really, it would be um, it would be a I would like to focus mainly on how to help people get well. You know, how do you of course. live longer? From what I understand, they do live a lot longer than us. Uh, some of them, they live quite to be quite old. Uh, why do we have a certain switch that turns us off at a certain age? Why do we have to keep dying off to have new people come in to take over? Is it because we're supposed to die, because we're not advanced enough mentally and spiritually or whatever it takes. That's a lot of good you questions. Know? You know, th- those are my questions. I I don't know. Maybe if I was an engineer, I'd be more into the nuts and bolts. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think I've always been an anthropologist all my life and, and an archaeologist. I love that sort of thing to find out the histories and and. That's just my interest, too. Uh, I have so many now. So, anyway, I didn't mean to go off on Uh, That's fine. Speaking of questions, what I do with every guest when I'm about to wind up and end an interview, I do something called 10 questions. It's just random, quick stuff. Think fast, you know, and you you don't have to be that fast. Mm But I ask you silly questions, deep thrush questions. It could be any mix of stuff. If you're not comfortable with one, you can say pass. And uh, this is the fun thing I do here. Are you you up for that? I'm sorry, are you there? Yeah, are you up for that? 
Yeah. Absolutely. Hold on, let me turn it up. Let me make okay. sure my, my volume is turned up. Okay. Oh, it's not turned up. Hold ah. on. Ah. Hold on, my volume is down. Okay. Wait. Testing, testing. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right, ten questions. Question number one, in your opinion, true or false, full disclosure within ten years? True. You say true. All right. Uh-huh. Number two, you were talking about questions. What would be the first question you asked if you got abducted by aliens? Yeah, how have you made it this long? How do you survive? Yeah, I think you just ask them all, it sounds like. Do what? <laughs> sounds like you just ask them all. Everyone. Number three, finish this sentence. You with your uh, with your uh, your degrees, you have the the very uh, astute uh, degree of behavioral science uh, teacher that you've been. I know a lie when I see it because I don't see it. I hear them or feel them. You feel. Very good. Okay, that's that's cool. True or false? Mm-hmm. This is one of the greatest things that comes up. I say great. I mean, one of the biggest things that comes up that I think upsets people about aliens and UFOs and science and religion, that they're all so exclusive from each other. But true or false, God, aliens, and science can all coexist. Oh, yeah, sure. I agree with that. I don't know why people like, go crazy when they hear about aliens and go, oh, God's not there. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> right. All right, number five. What is the best UFO evidence you've ever seen or heard? One right over my head. That'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Number six. If a disc crashed in a forest and no one was there to hear it, did it still crash? Yeah, if your first statement is true. (laughs) It just did, yeah. (laughs) Number seven. What do you, what does Donna Hare want to be known for when it's all said and done? I help people know the truth. Good enough. Number eight, uh, what's the best grade to teach being a teacher? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. I, I know some teachers uh, somewhere around between third and fifth, they think that's the best sweet spot. But fifth good? Yes. All right. Yes, definitely fifth. It's great. <laughs> Number nine, ice cream or Italian ice? Ice cream or what? Italian ice. Ice cream. Ice cream, okay. See, I told you there's some random questions in there. And number ten, finally, I'm going to change it up. Usually I ask a different question, but today I'm going to ask, do you have any messages or anything you want to promote? Um, just keep looking up. And uh, how, how far away do you think you are of completing that book? Um, two-thirds of the way. Two-thirds of the way. Do you know what it's titled yet? Do what? Do you know what it's titled yet? Called? I usually wait till I finish writing an article before I call it something. Okay. But I've I'm almost been tempted to call it The Watcher because I've been watching more of my life and seeing what's going on. I'm kind of a watcher, but I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I guess. I don't know yet. We'll see. I usually, I title, I title it when I'm through with it. It usually comes to me automatically. And just basically, you summarize your whole work and and figure out what best is going to describe 
the body of the work. Right. Exactly. Makes sense. Makes exactly. sense. Well, um, do you have any Twitter accounts, Facebook accounts you want to promote? Anything if someone wants to contact you or whatever? Um, yeah. Well, I have a I have a Facebook under Donna. I have two <laughs> under Donna Hair. Yeah, I know. One started out with just my UFO stuff and paranormal stuff, and the other one started out family. They kind of mixed together. I've been going, I've been planning on merging them, but I haven't yet. And I have one Google page uh, with Donna Hair and. Uh, so I have three pages. That's about it. My my book that I'm going to do, uh, I'm hoping to, um, I'm not sure. I've had a couple of people want to publish and some promoters, but I'm, I'm wanted, I don't want it changed. I don't want it cleaned. So I'm, I'm kind of worried about people maybe taking stuff out and putting stuff in, you know. I've seen a lot of books that have been altered like that that mm. don't want it altered. I don't want it done like the news media does. Right, right. So I'm, I'm thinking about self-publishing, but I'm not sure yet. We'll see how that works. I figure when the time's right, when I'm ready, it's going to happen. So, you know, I'm kind of, it's kind of writing itself right now. I've been kind of meditating to, to try to include everything I can. But like I said, it's it's uh, it's been, right now, I've, I've, I've worked so many years at NASA and I didn't really watch my kids grow up, and I'm kind of enjoying my grandkids now, and I'm just, every chance I get, I just watch them play and, and interact, and I just love them. It's just part of what I needed in my life. That was my only regret in life, was not watching Missing my out. kids grow up closer. So I'm, I'm overcoming that regret. That's the only regret I had in my whole life. Wow. Well, Donna, uh, everything that we talked about, I feel like there was so much more we could have talked about, and, and it could go on and on. I hope this isn't the last yeah. time I hear from you, um, and I definitely want to know when that book's about to come out, too. Oh, I sure will. I, I promise I will. In fact, uh, I'm going to uh, work on it again today. Very good. You, so I'm going to go in there and type away. Yeah, do a chapter on the Bermuda peanut. I think it's worth it. Oh, I got that in there. <laughs> yeah. So it's a peanut, the banana. Oh, peanut. Yes, Bermuda peanut. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Chris, you're a sweetheart. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you. You've been cool. Likewise, likewise. And, uh, I I think the world of you. So I will call you and let you know when I'm getting ready to have it. I'll send you a free copy. How's that? That uh, sounds amazing. And also, um, if you ever talk to anyone looking to to go on a podcast, you know, tell them you know somebody that does a pretty good one. <laughs> you give them a pretty good chance to talk. Certainly will. Hey, and and I did want to let you know it was another podcast I was on, and they didn't they wanted to talk to Gary, and I did contact him. I do have his private information, and I, he says he doesn't give out any more of them, and I. I'm only guessing maybe he's being harassed again, so possibly he's kind of going low. He's going low, and so I understand gonna, it. So he's not going to do it, but you know for sure. But call David Adair. You contact that guy. You're going to love talking to that man. I'm he's definitely definitely going to look up look him up. You 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 sold uh, you sold me. <laughs> I want to talk to him. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris, and I, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. You too, you too. You take care, and um, and we'll be in touch. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, so a wonderful conversation with Donna Hare. 
I hope you all enjoyed it. Next week, coming up on this very show, on the Thursday show, returning to the show, Heidi Cox from the Dweeb Darlings, creator of Stalking LeVar. She alluded the last time she was on here to the fact that Stalking LeVar saved her life. And I, I linked that article that she wrote about her experience on the uh, podcast description, but I felt like it got glossed over a little more than I wanted it to. And I think it's a really important subject and a, an important thing to talk about. So right here next week on Come Get Some, Heidi Cox returns to discuss her abusive relationship and how she got out of it. In the meantime, uh, tomorrow is another extra Friday edition of Come Get Some on the subject of Scientology. Um, of course, I'll have my special guest. He was Squirrel Buster for a few days, Bert Leahy. And uh, he thought he was doing a documentary. Turned out he was on a stalking harassment mission of, of Marty Rathlin. So tomorrow, uh, you may have seen also, uh, I've tweeted out a couple things I want to do tomorrow. For instance, I said I have leaked audio from the urine gala of Scientology uh, that even Tony Ortega doesn't have. Now, I want to temper expectations. I don't think it's really the audio uh, from that event, but I'll let you guys decide. I'll let you hear it. Sounds like it could be the audio, so, so I'll play that for you, and we'll see what that's all about. But I'm also going to want to talk about the use of the word enemy um, and what that means to me and the message that sends to me, and we'll also uh, talk about that at length. And you'll get part one of the Burt Leahy story, as I said before. Look forward to that tomorrow, Heidi Cox next week. And tomorrow I'll tell you more about upcoming extra episodes because there will be more. It's not going to end with Burt Leahy. Uh, a lot more to cover, a lot more to talk about. For now, that about sums it up. Take care, everybody. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come on. Come on. Yeah.